Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Kristen Perello Plesner, Strategic Director for Ovacure, joins Brownstein Policy Advisor Araceli Gutierrez for a discussion on how Ovacure is challenging the current paradigms in cancer research. As Ovacure signed its first U.S.-based ovarian cancer research project at the University of Pennsylvania, Brownstein has worked with Ovacure to connect with and establish a strong network of key U.S. stakeholders. Kristen and Araceli discuss how U.S.-Danish relations can attract more innovation to the United States and highlight the importance of social philanthropy and its critical role in funding for ovarian cancer research. Hi, I'm here with Kristen Perello Plesner, the Strategic Director for Ovacure, a Danish nonprofit ovarian cancer scientific incubator, which recently established itself in the U.S., With over 15 years of experience working in the public and private sectors and in Parliament, Kristen is an expert in corporate responsibility, social philanthropy, and communications. Before joining Ovacure, Kristen worked in the financial sector as a management consultant for Deloitte advising companies, investors, and multilateral organizations on social, environmental, and governance risks. She's passionate about bringing businesses and organizations together in order to create social impact. September, as you know, is National Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, and I, I know you've been traveling, attending events, and representing Ovacure over the past month, so we appreciate you taking the time to join us at Brownstein to raise awareness about this deadly disease and really highlight the great work that Ovacure is involved in. Uh, can you start by telling us a little bit about Ovacure and how it was founded? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Thank you, Arasel. So Overcure actually stands for Curing Ovarian Cancer Together, and it was established back in 2014 by a group of forward-thinking doctors and social philanthropists and entrepreneurs in, uh, in Copenhagen, uh, Denmark. Uh, it's a not-for-profit organization that really works toward curing um, or finding a cure for women with ovarian cancer, and each year our organization gathers experts from around the world to an Overcure Innovation Summit where we rethink and develop and initiate uh, the most promising clinical treatments and trials which could have impact in in curing ovarian cancers. These trials and and research treatments would not have existed otherwise. Uh, So we bring the great minds together and um, and then we uh, forward fund a project that comes out of this summit and make sure that the project is carried through supporting the, the researchers um, that we engage with. And we cross-collaborate, meaning we work um, across borders, we work across disciplines and bring together immunotherapists, oncologists and gynecologists to develop curative treatment options for ovarian cancer patients. So we really want to bring people together and make them work uh, cross-disciplinary. Yeah, that's great. We, we love working with you, so um, thank you for all the great work that you do. So, Kristen, as you know, cancer is a nonpartisan issue that affects everyone and something policymakers care deeply about. While treatment, awareness, and education are really critical in the fight against cancer, investments and research are really essential in finding a cure. And ovarian cancer, which is much more specific, is terribly underfunded. Can you tell us a bit more about what it is and why the investments in ovarian cancer research are so important? Yeah, so 
First of all, I think it's important to state that ovarian cancer is one of the most lethal of all gynecological cancers, accounting for more deaths than any other cancer of the female reproductive system. So we're very much talking about a women's issue here. And unfortunately, ovarian cancer has the, the not-so-pleasant nickname that it's called the silent killer. It's extremely difficult to to do early detection on ovarian cancer. The symptoms go very unnoticed and are mis, often dis, misdiagnosed for a long time before women become aware of the disease. And it affects a a lot of women uh, currently. We're talking about 200,000 women in the U.S. that are living with ovarian cancer. So what we have seen over the years is that a disease that remains overlooked and lacks public funding and focus. Um, So what we learned from the statistics is that the more awareness that is created around a disease and the more focused funding unfortunately also or fortunately correlates with the improvement in patient survival rate. We have great examples from that in breast cancer, for example, where the survival rates have improved greatly over the past decades. But that means that diseases with less attention and inadequate funding for research lead to a lower chance of survival, uh, and that is unfortunately the case for ovarian cancer patients. So naturally, our efforts as an ovarian cancer organization go toward raising increased awareness and and stressing the need to redirect research efforts uh, to ovarian cancer. In order to achieve this, we will continue to promote our model of, of collaboration uh, between the U.S. and also Europe. Uh, and within time, we want to expand into other places as well. Now, when Overcure first came to Brownstein as a pro bono client, your organization had just recently bridged the gap from Europe to the U.S. Overcure had just established its Overcure Foundation and had recently signed on to its first U.S.-based ovarian cancer research project at the University of Pennsylvania, led by Dr. Daniel Powell and Dr. Carl June. Can you tell us a little more about how you got involved with Dr. Powell and Dr. June? Yeah, so... Our model is to really challenge the current paradigms in cancer research by bringing people together and creating a cross-national project. So one of the important aspects of our model is that whenever we start a new research project that comes out of uh, our innovation summits, we make sure that it has an international collaboration partner. And one of the projects that was started at our innovation summit in 2016 came out of uh, the University of Pennsylvania and is led by Dr. Powell. So with increased presence in in the U.S. or with a a full research project in the U.S. and other projects that are European in their origin but collaborate with some of the best cancer institutions in the U.S., we felt that it was important to establish our presence here also as a foundation. And we became a 501c3 uh, in 2017. And I'm very proud of also being an American or a U.S. organization now. And that, of course, means that we increase our activities here on many levels. So I understand you have some exciting research at UPenn. Uh, The project that Dr. Powell is leading is among the first worldwide to successfully develop and apply state-of-the-art CAR T-cell technology to ovarian cancer patients. That's really exciting. We've been hearing a lot about different immunotherapy and CAR T-cell cancer treatments. What makes Ovacure unique from other funders? So our model is, uh, is is special because we well we don't really tick the the, the boxes of um, 
of uh, of other organizations. We're not specifically an advocacy organization. We're not specifically a patient organization, and we don't have our own research as such. What we do is that we challenge the current paradigms in cancer research by establishing uh, an health incubator model that is changing the game for ovarian cancer. So with the help of our strategic advisory board and our scientific and uh, clinical advisory board, we um, we facilitate, or we perceive ourselves as a facilitator, and that's what we do best, initiation of groundbreaking clinical projects. And one of the criteria is that they have to be first of their kind. They need to have the potential to cure women. And again, they wouldn't have existed otherwise if uh, if we hadn't catalyzed them. So, so we've we very much operate as a startup or an incubation based on an incubation model. Our own organization is very small and agile, and um, and what we really do is to to facilitate and accelerate the research. So that means that we are determined, or we work determinedly, to fast track promising new treatment methods and better care for ovarian cancer patients. And we like to foster the synergies across continent and university and hospitals in order to to optimize the resources and achieve maximum output for for our patients. So I think what our unique contribution is that we work with, uh, well, across the board with researchers, with companies in pharma and biotechnology, and engage with other NGOs as well. Uh, and again, we are this accelerator and facilitator. That's the role we take. Because of this rather unique model, it's also more challenging for us to, to bring funding sometimes we don't, because we don't really tick the box of normal organizations as, such as patient organizations. So in a way, our strength is, is also our, our challenge. One of the things that you mentioned and that I find most impressive about Ovacure's model is its emphasis on collaboration and collective impact. Can you please talk about Ovacure's collaboration policy? Uh, you mentioned the annual innovation summit uh, where collaboration among researchers, institutions, and across disciplines is a key outcome. Yeah, absolutely. So again, our collaboration is ignited through the annual Overcure Innovation Summits, uh, where we invite leading experts and clinicians uh, to our to to come to Copenhagen and uh, exchange in uh, in knowledge um, dissemination and, and knowledge sharing about new clinical trials and concepts for ovarian cancer. So out of this comes a new collaboration between these researchers and. Um, and the key outcome of each summit is that we include, uh, well, additional activities such as um, clinical trainee exchange, that is a must within the project, and co-development of the clinical protocol or sharing of pre-published data to assist with independent follow-on clinical activities. And through this exact policy, Overcure actually has managed to shift the paradigms of medical research by ensuring this collaboration across host institutions that may otherwise be competitive uh, and across international borders where there's also different national agendas um, that, that drive individual national research forward. And then again, through um, or across scientific disciplines. So by exactly enabling this unique partnership across government, academics and industry sectors, we've proven to drive this uh, toward international harmonization as well uh, of clinical protocols. And that is a a key point that we work very hard toward uh, because that will enable a better use of, of national resources as well, both within the EU, but certainly also in the U.S., 
and it will improve the ability of knowledge exchange in the entire ovarian cancer research community. So our model ultimately leads to more meaningful outcomes for patients and their families, uh, or that is the, the hope and a consequence of our work. In public health, we're constantly evaluating and encouraging the replication and adoption of effective and successful models. I think many would agree that Ovacure's model is not only forward-thinking, but worthy of replication, not only in driving scientific research, but in other aspects and across disciplines. In what ways do you think Ovacure's innovative and collaborative model is transferable and can be replicated to attract more innovative investments in the United States? So, first of all, this is translational to other cancer research uh, areas. Um, cancer costs the world more money than any other disease. Uh, I think it's about hitting $895 billion a year. And these costs include research, drugs, radiotherapy, imaging, pathology, surgery, and, and the list is long. So despite these incredibly big global investments, we are only, I think you would agree, still making small incremental progress in terms of patient survival. So, so although um, private philanthropy is still just a small share of this overall spending on, on medical R&D in, in Europe and in the U.S., it's the flexibility and focus on outcomes that have outsized impact on the medical research enterprise. And that's exactly, again, the, the key for us. So I think nonprofit organizations really have a, a very important role to play here and are ideally positioned to make a, a high-risk investment that could significantly move the field of research forward and increase the likelihood that other parties will also invest. And that's what we are working toward. Well, as a member of the healthcare team here at Brownstein, I've really enjoyed working with you and Ovacure. And it's really one of the clients I feel most passionate about when I'm engaging with staff on the Hill. And I really enjoy talking about the need for additional research and connecting you with other like-minded organizations and key stakeholders. So as you know, we've uh, reached out to congressional champions on the Hill, um, particularly the Congressional Ovarian Cancer Caucus, as you know, co-chairs uh, Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro and Congressman Sean Duffy have been longtime champions and have been personally touched by this disease. But I think what I want to know from you is, as you continue to establish yourself here, uh, what do you see as successful next steps for Ovacure, both domestically and abroad? So what I think is important to remember is that Although this is not a political issue, it's, it's, a, it's an issue that politicians need to hear about. This year alone, roughly 14,000 American women will lose their lives to ovarian cancer, and again, more than, than 20,000 uh, 20, will be diagnosed with the disease. And, and I think it's important that we, especially during National Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, make an extra effort to support those who, who fight the disease and, and reaffirm that we need to re eradicate this cancer for, for future generations. What is important politically here is also to, to address the loss of productivity due to cancer incidence costs. And that's not just the cost of, of the actual health care, but it's also inability to, to go to work and, and relapses. Um, so it's really important that, that we raise this issue to, to the political level also to, to, um, to address the costs so to both on an individual level for the patients but also to, to society. And what we'll continue doing is to, to drive our contribution in, in mapping who are the important stakeholders uh, both in Europe and in the U.S., 
so that we can uh, drive forward identity services and products that can accelerate trials and projects and also engage with other NGOs that uh, that work in the same field. Um, this is, uh, is again, this is what we what we like to do. I think it's a very uh, uh, Danish model in a way to to really drive collaboration forward so much. Um, it's something that we've seen in many other areas uh, coming out of Denmark, uh, many other sectors and, and industries and uh, corporations coming out of, of Denmark. We are a small country, but we usually have a big idea. What makes this Danish model so successful? Well, I was just in uh, in New York for the UN Global Summit, and uh, the Danish Prime Minister was there. And what he emphasized was that Denmark is more than just a small country. It's a big idea. So no sector alone can really develop the solutions or the technology that can help us truly address the global challenges. That was his point. And I think Danish companies have a strong tradition for cooperation, and they have a very trust-based dialogue that is in their DNA. We've seen that come out of, of many Danish corporations, such as Logo, Novo Nordisk. And that's a good starting point, I think, for engaging in international partnerships uh, that will contribute to innovation that is necessary for meeting some of the global challenges. And that is exactly the same DNA that that we have in, in Overcure. We can make a huge difference, and we like to drive collective impact through partnering and being at the center of innovation. Uh, in a lot of the projects that we do that come out of, of, of Denmark. So we define a simple goal, but with a severe cause in this case and a big target. And we make it getting by getting the best in the world uh, come together to co-create, collaborate and, and innovate. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kristen, for your time. It's been a pleasure having you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein High at Farbershreck podcast series. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Visit bhfs.com for more information.